We're so glad you decided to hang out with us today on the Better Together podcast. I'm Tony, and you are in for a treat today uh, with our guest, Patsy Caminetti. I'm so glad that you're here. My gosh, it's been years since I've seen you. It's so good to be with you. Thank you for coming. I first met uh, Patsy in 1991. That was a long time ago, a couple years, a couple years ago. Uh, You went from being my Bible school instructor to my employer, to my mentor, and now my friend. And so I've just so enjoyed, you don't know what you have meant in my life. And I just want to thank you for just being part of my life. And uh, you grew up in Burlington, Colorado. Uh And then uh, I know you from Tulsa, Oklahoma. You went through Singapore, or no, Italy. Yeah, first. A couple places in Italy to Singapore, to Australia, and that's where you've landed. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about what you and your husband, Tony, are doing in Australia. All right. Well, we've been there now 14 and a half years. (gasps) Has it been that long? I know. How can it even be? But 14 and a half years, and um, we now pastor a church. Uh, We only had a, um, a distribution center for Faith Library Publications, and then uh, we ha- now have the church. We have a Bible training college in wow. different locations. And uh, that includes Papua New Guinea. Wow. So we have two places in Papua New Guinea as well. Now, didn't they used to eat their missionaries in Papua New Guinea? <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> they did. And I saw on some kind of um, some kind of publication just this week that they still do eat people. <gasps> oh, well, I'm glad you made it out alive. <laughs> I'm glad I did too, but there's some wonderful, I, we love Papua New Guinea. Wow. They're wonderful people. Training people to just go out and reach the harvest. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Now, you always had orphanages on your heart. Are you connected to any orphanages right now? Yeah, we have one in Kathmandu, Nepal, and mm-hmm. we've had that now for a number of years. Wow. Probably 15 years. Wow. that, maybe more. And, um, yeah, th- uh, this, it, it's like a, it is a home. We've actually built a home and, um, there's parents and grandparents and it, it rather than an institution feel, uh-huh. we really had it on our heart more for a family feel. It's just a big family. And some of the kids that came to us in the beginning now, they have, um, uh, three of them have graduated, two of them are in Bible college and, have it, are entering ministry. Wow. I know. That's I know. so exciting. It is so exciting. That is what we wanted to do. Yeah. So getting to do it now over the years, we, we're we seeing the full picture of what we just saw in our heart. We're actually seeing it. Wow. Because so, yeah. Lillian B. Thrasher, she was a big influence on you, wasn't she? Huge. Uh, missionary to uh, Egypt. Yeah. yeah. I read her story a few years ago, and it was so impactful. I know. I know. She's still, she's still my hero. She very much is. I read Hudson Taylor's book every year. Hudson Taylor's Spiritual Secret. I love that book. It just is a nice refresher and refirer. Yeah. I find. And then I cry every year at the end when he dies. Because you just feel so connected. (laughs) I know. But it's so good. It's so good to read after those men and women of God who did some exploits in times where, man, it wasn't easy. No. It's so much easier. I know. We're a little spoiled. Oh. Maybe. (laughs) Just a little. (laughs) I think so. Yeah. 
Very much so. I mean, just even the communication. Yeah. We've lived outside of America now 27 years. Wow. And when we first moved, um, we sent faxes. I remember that. Mm, we shrunk the you little did. words down yes. so they were tiny so we yeah. could fit as much on the page as we could to save money. <laughs> we sent faxes and then we sent... Um, send after that. I think we got the first little form of email. Yeah. But it was crazy complicated. It was so much more <laughs> complex. And and as far as uh, family communication, we just no rarely did. Because there was no free long distance between countries. There no. was no FaceTime. No. It was all very, very expensive. Very. And then Skype happened. Yeah. And that hap- that helped. And now FaceTime, and and uh, I can FaceTime, and Marco Polo. And yeah, some kind all of those apps. Uh, all those different ways that you can communicate over the, the, the miles. And with um, family being in different nations, and we use it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so there's very little sacrifice in comparison to, to the what they did. To yeah. When I read his story and see how long he was separated from his wife. I know. And all of the things. I he's know. he's definitely a hero. I know. Speaking of reading, what are you reading right now? Or in your case it might be what are you writing? Are you writing? Are you working on writing anything right now? I am actually. Uh I don't even know what I would call it, but I am. And it has to do with um, justice, the justice oh. of God. Um, because I think we commonly look at the mercy of God because that's what the church um, most strongly dispenses yeah. is the mercy of God. And sometimes there can be a misunderstanding about the justice or the judgment side of God. It can be actually scary, yeah. that part, because there has not been um, truth very clear in that area. Once the truth comes on, once the light comes on in an area, you're not afraid anymore. Right. Um, However, you do have a really sense of respect because God is God and he is just and he's righteous and he's holy. But um, how how that plays out in our world, his justice is very important. And an attack on... um, the judicial system or how how that plays out for the people in in real justice um is actually an attack on god wow yeah Ooh, i can't wait to read it no it's very very interesting i'm doing heaps of study right now for Just sure doing a lot of well the last one you wrote was called engendered uh-huh what was god thinking Yes. That's excellent. Listen, you guys need to go out and buy that right now. <laughs> it's all about God's plan. For, why don't you tell us? Um, and I think when I had that, when I put that phrase, that subtitle, what was God thinking? I was um, maybe even with a with the inflection, what was God thinking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because there is so many opinions and so many approaches to the subject of male, female, um, gender identity, sexual expression, all of those different things right now. So right. Uh, what was God thinking? I know we know what different people think, what different movie stars think, what different approaches think, but 
what was God thinking? Yeah. And actually, it came from him. So we take it all the way back uh, beyond the law, beyond Moses, before Moses. Yeah. So it isn't, it isn't heavy, um, purposefully, intentionally, not heavy with the thou shalts and thou shalt nots. Right. Um, because Jesus modeled this um, when asked a subject about marriage. The Pharisees wanted to discuss what Moses said, and Jesus kept on going back to creation. Yeah. Which I thought, oh, that is brilliant. Yeah. Why do we stop uh, beyond a little bit short of the actual heart of God? And that's what engendered means. It's it's the place where things come from, where things began, where Ooh. they were engendered. And so male and female came out of God. And um, and then everything a man, male, uh, a, a father, a husband, um, a brother, a son, and then the same with woman, a wife, a mother, um, sister, aunt, grandmother. You know all the different expressions of of these two fem- of these two uh, sex um, identities, and God didn't overdefine them right. by saying women have to wash dishes and wear pink. Amen. <laughs> and he didn't overdefine men by saying they have to. Uh, drive a truck, and right. they can't. Um, they can't cook. Right. He didn't overdefine things. He just wanted them to express his nature. Right. And what I find interesting, even in looking at the story of uh, Esau and Jacob, uh. Esau would 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 be what the world today defines a man's man. Yeah. Because he yeah. was out there and he was hunting and he yeah. was furry. I mean, when Jacob pretended to be him and he put on a sheepskin i'm like that's not hairy that's fur that is fur but jacob was in the kitchen with his mama yeah but he's the one who fathered all the tribes of israel exactly so he was still a man who had different interests and different things but yeah we over define things we do and in our over when we speak beyond god those words become uh very inhibitive, and they don't give life. Jesus said, my words are spirit and life. Ours, if they originate from us, aren't. Right. And they can actually bring uh, a lot of a lot of confusion, and they can bring uh, condemnation. But the words of God bring life, and they bring liberty, really. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So run out and get it, engendered, what was God thinking? It is on, it's an audio book now, too. Is it? Did yeah. you read it? I did. Oh, I'm going to have to buy the audio book because your voice is so calming. Well, you know, oh, I don't know how calming it is, but I tell you, uh, and let me tell you what happened. What? On that. Um, because, um, yeah, some other authors really really um, encouraged me to read my own mm-hmm. and because I didn't I had uh, thought well should I should I not but anyway so I decided to and found a studio in Brisbane that just specializes in audiobooks so uh, I was in the little studio or I in the little cubicle you know soundproof and uh, the woman her name is Simone uh, was engineering and she went through every single moment with me in that book and made sure it was exactly right. 
And um, uh, I would come out sometimes and she'd be crying. Wow. And she'd say, I never knew this. I never knew this about God. And then she'd say, I never knew this about me. I never knew this. And so we went completely through the book. She'd say, I didn't know this about mothers. I didn't know this about about husbands. I, I would have treated my marriage different if I had known, only known this. And it was like that the whole time, the whole wow. book. And uh, it took a few days for me to do the book. Well, at the end of the book, there's a prayer for people who want to invite Jesus into their life to be their Lord. And I prayed the prayer. And then I, when I came out, I asked her, I said, Simone, would you like to pray that prayer? And she said, yes, I would. Wow. So at the end of the book, I got to pray with her. That's so it awesome. It was wonderful. That's so awesome. I know. <laughs> yeah, now doubly go get the audiobook. I, I love that it reveals the heart of God. It mm. doesn't shame anyone. It no. doesn't shame, 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 or, no. you know, it cast stones. It does, and it reveals so much of the heart of God. Yeah. So it's so good. And delicate subjects, you know. Yeah. Very, very tender subjects that um, sometimes the church has been um, kind of like a bull in a china closet about. Uh, we haven't actually represented the heart of God. Right. We have represented the law of Moses, which came from God, but it, it it doesn't reveal the heart of God that enables people to actually do yeah. what God has said is the best way of living and actually the way that he made life to be lived. But people can't do that. No. In our own strength, we mm -hmm. cannot. And to, to beat each other when we don't is not helpful. No. Yeah. And I think that's rooted a lot in fear of what they don't I understand. Agree. Yeah. I agree. So. so much so. So when you turn the light on, the fear goes. And, yeah. yeah. And all that's left is the heart of God. That's it. So good. Yeah. So our next question is, what is your go-to comfort food? These just help everyone get to know you a little personally. Do you have a go-to comfort food? I, I wish I could say it was something really wonderful. I like potato chips. <gasps> Yum. Any particular kind? A good quality. Like kettle chips, barbecue chips? Uh, you don't even have to have barbecue. It just, uh, just a good chip. That's my phone. Oh. <laughs> That's such a pretty little Isn't chime. That is quite a chime. Let me um, turn this off. It's A-OK. -okay. Yeah. OK, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Potato chips, mine is chocolate. Yeah. Oh, chocolate all the way. Is and it? we're eating oh, clean. It, was. it always has been. Hasn't always it? has been. So now we're eating clean. So I had to find some clean chocolate, but I found some. So oh, good. I'm not going to live without chocolate. <laughs> and then, um, what is one thing that you find you can't live without, like naturally, not the presence of God or the Bible? We all know those things are just givens. So is there anything like? Do you have a favorite chair? Do you have a favorite anything? what I've come to love. I, can I live without it? Mm, probably so. So I don't know if this answers your question exactly quite right, but it's something that I like. My husband and I walk every other day. Nice. And we walk 
Um, we walk outside. We walk in these woods that are close to our home. I've come to really cherish that. I like the smell. Mm. There are birds out in there, and I like that. I, I just like being out in nature. Nice. Can I live without it? Maybe so. But I'm glad I don't have to. Yeah. And then I like walking with my husband. Yeah. It's, it's been really nice. When Michael and I walk together, I find we have more time to have relaxed talks. <laughs> Something else is going off here. At least it's a pretty little chime. It is, isn't it? Now I'm trying to... I'm so sorry. I can't even find the thing. Hey, this is real life. The girls can relate because it happens to everybody. (laughs) It is real life, my friend. Okay. So um, just again, thank you for hanging out with us today, taking the time, driving all the way over from Canton and and taking time to hang out. I'm just so glad to look at you across the table. So fun. But um, we just want to have just a little conversation about prayer which I know is always on your heart, yeah. always on my heart. I just yeah. really want to see the church move to pray, which I think we've seen a little bit more from this COVID. Yeah. I feel like more of the church began to pray, but um, we're living in definitely interesting times. And I know you live in Australia. Uh-huh. I live in the United States. You've been here for how long now? A month? I've been here for a month and a week. Yeah. A month and a week. So through even all the race things that are happening in this mm-hmm. nation, and you're from this nation. I know you mm-hmm. carry a heart for America. Mm-hmm. So interesting times can call for interesting times of prayer. Oh, yeah. And so I just wondered uh, what your take on how we should be posturing ourselves as a church in prayer right now. Like, is, is the Lord showing you anything? Or are you? How are you praying right now? Like... Kind of jump into maybe the posture of the church in prayer in these days. Because, I mean, you can't look around long without thinking, Jesus is coming soon. (laughs) And I know people have said, Paul said his soon return 2,000 years ago, but I don't know that the earth can take so much more of this. So I think prayer can be a reaction and response from from what we're seeing like what you've described, and that's not bad. Um, I think that is a way better response than, um, you know, just diving into ways of escape. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I think that is a positive thing. Uh, We take everything that we are seeing to the Lord. Uh, But... I, I also know because that we are new creatures in Christ and we have spiritual senses, just like we have natural senses. Um, we have, we, okay, where is this coming from? <laughs> I think I'm going to have to take it out in the hall. That's okay. Let me see it. Um, Got you. Oh, it's amazing. I put it on airplane mode. It could have gotten <laughs> me in the sky. Anyway, um, because we have greater potential than just praying about what we're seeing or praying um, praying with the, uh, with the ability to uh, put a prayer from our understanding, which is valuable to God, but it is not our potential. Uh, the believer's potential is 
way bigger than that. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but if if a, a believer is filled with the Holy Spirit, their potential is exponentially increased. Yeah, because you can pray beyond your um, your consciousness. You can pray beyond. I'm talking about your your um, your mental awareness right. of what you're seeing or hearing. You can pray actually with the help of God. You can pray prophetically mm-hmm. where we're seeing uh, things that your eyes are not seeing. And that's not spooky weird. It's no. just it's just utilizing the fact that we're new creatures in Christ and we, uh, we have these uh, other abilities that God has given us. And so uh, it, I believe right now, Tony... God is uh, really wanting the, the church to be activated, to actually act like the church, and um, come on, respond <laughs> as His body in the earth, which which has these capabilities beyond just natural capabilities. We're acting as though we are only natural people right. calling on a supernatural God. Well. To come to that conclusion is so diminishing to the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are not just natural people. Right. We're sons and daughters of God. That should mean something. And and, um, so our potential uh, is is massive. And the Lord told me one time, um, he said, look, for there's something to see. And he said, listen because there's something to hear. And in saying that, I knew what he was saying. I wasn't looking, and I wasn't listening, not with my spiritual senses. Can I ask, did you feel like you were? Or did you feel like he had to get your attention out of a routine? Like what? Because to me, let me just say, you just seem like always connected. So how did you get past the daily routine of prayer because I know you're always praying but you weren't watching you weren't looking and you weren't listening so can you ask or can I ask what that shift was how did you how did you shift that then just practically um yeah you know uh my my mentor you know he he said something that really helped he said um you can be less or more in the spirit. Mm-hmm. And when you're in the spirit, what that is, is where you're conscious of spiritual things. When you're in the flesh, you're a conscious of natural things. And when you're in the flesh or when you're in the natural, you're aware of other people's flesh too. And it bugs you more. Yes. But uh, you, I'd say that really honestly and truthfully is that I've been on a, on day by day, different levels of being in the spirit, Uh being more aware of spiritual things. It's not something that, um, you get a certificate for, hang it on your (laughs) wall and then you're there the rest of your, it, no, it, because it's a living relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Um, anytime you be start becoming more engaged in things that 
draw your attention, your emotions, your affections, and your away from him. Mm-hmm. And not everything is a sin. Right. It's not. Life demands. And so um, if, you're only, if you're only talking to God, like at a weekly prayer meeting and meals, you're not going to be much in the spirit. Mm-hmm. But um, it is mixing him in in your whole day. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Just, just including him in in what you're seeing and just acknowledging you don't have to stop, and, but you can stop and need to stop. But if you um, just in your heart acknowledging him all through the day, it keeps you more aware. However, Tony, I believe there are times and more and more so, Jesus modeled this, uh, where there is a coming away. Yeah. Purposefully coming away from any distractions to your natural senses and tuning in to him. And in doing that, oh my, your prayer then becomes um, empowered and inspired not by the news. Right. It comes it becomes inspired by God. Yeah. Kind of like when he appeared to Abraham and said, Shall I hide from Abraham? Yeah. What I'm about to do. Abraham didn't see that on the news. No. He heard that straight from the mouth of God. Exactly. And he and still it was does what that. he was about to do. And yeah. he hadn't done it yet. And he wanted someone to stand in the gap. Exactly. And he's still looking for that kind of friendship. Uh he called Mo, uh, he called Abraham a friend. It's somebody who actually wants to hear what he has to say. Where sometimes prayer is us reporting to him, you know, the needs of the day and what's going on. But if we'll actually take some time, he has something to say, and it has to do with what the news isn't saying. Yeah. And it has to do with things, as you said, that haven't happened yet. Right. And I know, I know, um, it's been quite, quite a while. The Lord has prompted uh, me towards praying regarding races, and um, had already been doing a study on that, and have a prayer partner in that area as well. And this, that's been going on for some months, because it's so important to God. Yeah. In other words, it hasn't become important to God just recently. No. With this oh, horrible tragedy with Mr. George Floyd. Right. It didn't start as a as something important to God then. It has always been. And so if he if God I'm just using that as an example. Right. If God can get people uh to come to him and his own people to listen to him, we can cut bad things off before they happen. Right. And actually steer things and in, in lift things. I, I believe that's what he would love. We're yeah. to be that kind of light in our world. But it, it is not just that area. It's many areas. And before um, the COVID thing, um, the Lord 
the Lord really put on my heart. It's not as you, uh, it will not be what it seems. Well, now I, I, I don't know what all is happening on the news or all. I've heard from the Lord that it's not as it seems or as it's being portrayed. Because God said that. Right. That isn't conspiracy or anything like that. I just know that. So then I hook up with the Lord. Well, what is it? Yeah. What are you doing? And then he told me something too. Uh, and this was just before the shutdown. Um, he said that um, both kingdoms have coordinating operations that there are things happening in the kingdom of darkness that uh, uh, that are being coordinated now, like a system of gears mm-hmm. uh, that move one another. One thing that somebody does moves something else, that moves something else. They're not standalone things. Mm-hmm. They've probably al- always been, you know, because they're in the kingdom of darkness, they all are uh, under that, uh, directorship that of killing, stealing, and destroying right. strategically. But I saw that these uh, various operations in the kingdom of darkness that have been more standalone are are moving together and are more coordinated. Mm-hmm. But it's happening in the kingdom of light too. Yes, and people that have not been aware of one another, they've been working alone. They thought uh, they've been um there's different wonderful things that are happening in all different areas that god is at work in it's starting to come together right and it's being coordinated and so uh because i don't belong to the kingdom of darkness i belong to the kingdom of light i'm super curious about what god is doing yeah and i get to participate with what god is doing through prayer right and Tony, I know you've experienced that. You've tasted that. Yeah. And it it ruins just... Um, just casual prayer. No, you can't oh. go back to that anymore. No. It's just... No, we it's actually... An adventure. So we started Monday night prayer. I started sisterhood prayer, just the girls, years ago. Uh-huh. So there's a group of girls that would meet every week. And out of that came some prayer retreats and different things. And then Michael started Monday night prayer. Mm. And it grew a little bit, and then um, we added in a Wednesday prayer to specifically for governments and elections. And I really like what you're saying about not just praying what you see. Because even yesterday when we came in, I told the girls, I go, we need to not talk right now. (laughs) We need to just get into our spirit. And I even just said, okay, mind, this is not your time to be fruitful. Yeah, We're not thinking about the news. We're not thinking about what we see. And then we started praying in the spirit. And then out of that came the most interesting prayer topics about our nation that we had never prayed before. (laughs) Because we're like, God, we just want your heart. We're just seeking you. And if all we do, because last week when I was in there, I really felt like he said this and he'd never said this to me before, although I felt like I had done it. Yeah. He said, I just need you to use your mouth right now to pray something you don't know anything about. Yeah. And so I just prayed in the spirit. Mm. for probably 15 minutes before it lifted. And then I knew it was done. Yeah. 
And I was like, I don't need to know. So do you think, because I, I wonder that he leaves things in a realm of mystery sometimes for a purpose. Yeah. So have you ever experienced him leaving things in a realm of mystery like that? Or because I think people start to pray and they feel like, I don't really, is this effective? And I don't know what I'm doing and I'm not thinking anything and my mind's wandering. And how do I hone that in? Yeah. And is that like normal? And I wonder if the church walks so much, so less in the spirit and more in the natural because that's, we are a little nervous about what normal looks like. Do you think the church is maybe just untaught? Like, where do you, where do you yeah. think that comes from? from As exactly, I just throw five I questions you described at you. It. No, I think you <laughs> actually really described it really, really well. Um, the reason we don't walk in the spirit is it's not real to us. It's, it's so not how real. do you get from, how do you get to know that realm without freaking out? Because <laughs> I, I bump into that quite a bit. I don't know if you do with new Christians yeah. or new people to, who never really prayed more than just for the meal. Yeah. I think, I, I think praying with somebody who is, who knows the, he knows Ropes. the trails. Yeah. Really does help. Uh, when I was young, a, a little girl, our church was, was spirit-filled, and I didn't, I didn't know I was learning, but I just prayed at the same time that the, you know, the older people in our church were praying. In those days, it was around the altars and stuff. But I learned from that. They... They were just seeking the Lord. They were just praying. They were just praying with their whole heart. But I just came along with them. And it made it so, um, yeah, I, I, there was the Holy Spirit, and then there was also some a, a person. And then God has used that same, um, that same style of learning for me. Mm-hmm. Um, when I went to when I went to Rama, um, Brother Hagen was a, a great mentor in prayer, and then others, uh, the, an old lady by the name of Rachel T. Tiller, and I would just pray along, not just sit like a spectator and watch them pray, but um, I did I, uh, in prayer school for a little bit. <laughs> I just watch. I'm like, oh, <laughs> it was like, I, and I suppose I have to, but. Uh, um, Kind of just pray in tongues just quietly and then just just move along with them. I don't know. It's like being in a car in a passenger seat. Not in the driver's seat, but in a passenger seat. Mm-hmm. And you start noticing the scenery. And um, and you get more comfortable. You get more comfortable. And then you're comfortable to do it all by yourself. You, do, you are. And you see that they are not uncomfortable by praying in tongues more than five minutes or right. five seconds. Uh the baptism of the Holy Spirit is simply a door into the realm of the Spirit. There Ooh, is a I love whole that. world to be explored. And you take steps with your heart and your mouth. So, um, yeah, the uh, praying in the Holy Spirit, um, the more that you do it, the more you can experience yeah. You position yourself at least to experience. It's wonderful. Yeah. 
I think people think, oh, they're just given to prayer and I'm not. Yeah. But the people that are given to prayer are just people who give themselves more to prayer. <laughs> just because you get comfortable with it. You do. And you if do. you've only ever prayed five minutes, try 10. Yeah. And then once you've prayed 10, try 20. Exactly. And just keep kind of going deeper into God. He'll never leave you kind of floundering. No. And I, I think, too, that that uh, in praying with other people, there is also, um, you know, a, something that we have to watch out for to try to have their experience, too, because all of us are so individual. Right. And so sometimes people feel like they're not getting it because they're not seeing what that other person is seeing or experiencing what that other person is experiencing. But all the while, uh, a lot of times people are getting things themselves mm-hmm. but because it seems so natural. It seems just just so natural. They, their hearts are drawn to think of somebody or to picture something or a word comes. Mm-hmm. Um they think, ah, oh, that's nothing. Or oh, it's, it's just something. me. Yeah, they think just that's just me. me. It's just me. What well, is the supernatural you yeah. with the Holy Spirit in you? Exactly. Yeah. So when you actually acknowledge those things and not uh, not have to try to um, make it be the full picture, you talked about it being mystery. It can another example could be a piece to a puzzle. Oh yeah. So you could you can get just a piece of something in prayer. And if you were to look at a piece of a jigsaw puzzle, you may not know what in the world the whole picture is. Yeah. But you don't throw the piece away either. No, because it fits in somewhere. It fits somewhere. So a lot of times I I remember those. There are some pieces that I prayed years ago that I didn't understand. And I've never forgotten them because (laughs) I acknowledged them. Yeah. And... They're starting to make sense now. Wow. Yeah. Now, do you journal that kind of stuff? You keep journals? I do. Some things that I've seen or received, or and I'm sure you've had the exact same thing, are so indelible. Yeah. That whether you wrote them down or not, they're written in your heart. Yeah. It's like they're engraved in you. It's like that. However, I do believe that like David wrote things, it honors God, it mm-hmm. honors the ministry of the Holy Spirit, uh, and it honors a, a collaboration with the Holy Spirit to, to write things down. It doesn't have to be something that you tell everybody. Right. I don't. But there are some things, I was telling Lily on the way up here today, uh, because I've had this season of prayer, it's been a closet prayer, you know, where you go in and shut the door. Yeah. And um, even though there's been a couple other people have been there, it's not a prayer group. Mm-hmm. We're each we're praying in the same room, and we found ourselves in uh, in one accord in the spirit, but we're not praying together. Ooh, uh huh, yeah. Wow, that's been different. Yeah, that's been another adventure because it's not. Um, well, anyways, but. Some of the things that I've gotten in prayer during those times, oh, Donnie, amazing. And I, 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 they're so sacred. And I know that those things have come from the Lord. I, I don't know where they 
fit. I, I was telling Lily, I said, some of them belong to a sermon. Some of them are still just for me and the Lord. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't, I just think there's so much to be explored. Yeah. And I think it all roots back into just that intimate walk with God. It is. It all comes back to intimacy. It is. And and just that walk with God. Prayer is not just this separate little thing he asked us to do apart from him. It's a work that we get to do with him. And as we do it, it takes us deeper into his heart, into those and those things that are just between you and him. There's just such an intimacy about that that it just cements that relationship even more. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like your marriage. How long have you guys been married? Yeah, 32 years. 32, 24. Uh. Uh, in June, we were married 24 years. And it just, it's not that we weren't cemented, Mm -hmm. but it just keeps taking it deeper. Yeah. And if you're not going deeper, um, you can, you just can. And if you feel like you're stuck where you are with the Lord and you've been there for the same amount of time, just go deeper, Mm -hmm. just dive in a little bit deeper into prayer. It's so true. You know, practically speaking, I think what has helped me um, joining a prayer group can really help because it, it gives that mentoring type of a thing and praying with along with people. Yeah. There's the prayer group. I love prayer groups. Amen. And I, I'm, a, I'm a part <laughs> of prayer groups. Will always be. A, there's a prayer group that uh, is in Australia. We started praying probably within the first few months that we lived in Australia, and we still, wow. I mean, you, we just never not meet. Yeah. You know, it's just really, really important. Were you able to meet through COVID? Oh, yeah, we did. We we did that by um, by, Zoom. By, uh, by Zoom or FaceTime. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the hour difference, We I haven't done that here. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it, it just is, it's just imperative. Okay, so prayer groups. But I kept seeing myself praying... And this is, I think this is important for people um, so that you don't try to duplicate somebody else's prayer life. Yeah. I kept seeing myself praying in a particular location. It was actually at the church, but a, a particular lo- location and time. Oh. I haven't always had that. This was an invitation, and I knew the Lord was giving me an invitation. And, um, yeah, it was, Tony, it was almost like starting, it was so sacred to have that. Yeah. That I, when I went, I tried to just start praying, like, in rabbit trails that I normally would pray in. Yeah. It was like, just be quiet. Ooh. He's, he's invited you. Find out what he invited you here for yeah and i i the first days that i went when i finally just shut up and tried to uh, quit trying to impress him with my prayers (laughs) it was that intimacy yeah in a way that i have never experienced it wow and and there's been beautiful things i have but not this was a different aspect 
and um, it was so p- pure and holy, and you know, it just makes you cry, you know, with love for yeah. God. You're just overwhelmed. Yeah, and we can all have that. Absolutely, he invites everyone. And I think about, I thought about a couple things while you were talking. Um, one of them was the rich young ruler. Yeah. When he came and said, what must I do to be saved? And he yeah. said, you know, started listing the commandments. And he goes, I've done all those. Yeah. Well, he didn't say, no, you haven't. Jesus would have known yeah. if he hadn't. Oh. He, he said, okay, well, now sell everything that you have and come follow me. Yeah. And he gave him the same invitation he gave all those disciples. Yeah. Leave everything that you have and come follow me. Yeah. And how sad that he didn't accept that invitation. He went back and he still had all of his things, but he could have had something deeper. And that invitation is there for everybody. It is. Whether we take it or not is up to us. It is. And we're still saved. Oh, yeah. Still very saved. But there's a deeper place of intimacy, which takes you to a place of contentment and joy and satisfaction that you'll never reach if you don't accept that invitation. Yeah. Do you know, because we so correspond to God Yeah. in this, in this way, the more we know of him, actually, the more we know of ourself. Yeah. And so when, when we're invited into a new aspect of God and we come to know him in a new way, it actually opens up, uh, greater potentials in ourself. Yeah. And so people live below their own potential, their own potential, if they don't explore God. Yeah. So if you want to know more about yourself, about your future, rather than trying to find that, um, go after God. Yeah. And find yourself in Him. Yeah, for sure. Mm. And then the other thing that came to mind was, I love how when you read through the Gospels, you see that Jesus drew away to pray, mm-hmm. but you don't see what that looked like. No. Because we're each unique individuals, and our quiet time and our intimate time and our walk with God is going to be unique to each of us. But we see what he did, yeah. and we can see the seasons of what he did. And you've walked through quite a few seasons in your few years here on this earth of yeah. being a mama and Bible schools and traveling and yeah. missions and all of those things. How did that accepting of the invitation look different in each of those seasons? Because some seasons you may have had more times to pull away and other seasons you may have had to do it while you were doing dishes or changing diapers or what did those different seasons look like? Because we have mamas of young kids watching, we are listening, we have singles, we have older ladies, younger ladies. It runs the gamut of people who listen to the podcast. So how do you, how do you do that in each season? Like, what does that look like? I think, um, I think, Tony, and it seems like what we've been talking about today has been really following him in prayer and each individual person, um, follows him. We may learn to follow him by following somebody else initially, follow them as they follow the Lord. But uh, the invitation is really, like you said, it's personal and it's to, it's to us. It's yeah. to you, whoever's listening. It's, this is, God is inviting you. 
but for for me, um, whenever you walk with God, follow Him, you do it by faith. Yeah, and um, it's an amazing thing that when the road is new, it requires faith because it's so un- many unknowns. And uh, but after you've done something for a while, like even pray in tongues, it doesn't require the level of faith. Right. To just start praying in tongues that it did maybe the first time you did it, and um, but it is faith that releases things in God and activates everything in our covenant and and our relationship is experienced by faith, and so He keeps leading us on. So there are people maybe that have not prayed very much ever, and so. It you know any motion towards God at all? It's just like uh, yeah, uh, or you know praying, praying the word instead of just praying uh, desires like wish list. Right, but praying the word with you know concerning those things that that may be a new way for somebody. But the Holy Spirit will lead in all of those things. For me, I've experienced that, and it's thrilling to follow Him. And then in the seasons of life, it's not just new ways, um, you know, like praying the word or praying in the Holy Spirit or things like that. It's, it is, like you said, the different seasons of life that give you opportunities to know God in a different way. And um, he told me, because my, my uh, experience with God became attached to a place I was praying in and a time of day that oh. I was praying in uh-huh. and in a, uh, <coughs> um, a protected environment. Well, for a mother, you don't have that. Right. Necessarily, you know. Depends on uh, what level of age your child is in or children are in and... I was thinking I was losing out with God. I was thinking I can't, I can't have the depth of intimacy with God now that I have two kids and two dogs and a husband. <laughs> I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't. And he said, "You can't the way you were, the way you were um, following me before. But if you'll keep following me, follow me now." Yeah. He said, "You can have a depth of." of intimacy, a different aspect of intimacy that you didn't even have before. Oh, wow. So you're not diminished by by the seasons of life. Everything augments God. Yeah. And I was, uh, it, it is a lot like how the earth orbits the sun. Mm-hmm. If In thinking about God being the sun, <clears throat> And how the earth orbits. When it orbits, it's also rotating while it's orbiting. Mm-hmm. So that one part of the earth isn't just getting the sun. So if it did, it would just get baked. Right. It would just be constant constant sunlight on that one area. But no, while it orbits the sun... It is also rotating so that in a 24-hour period of time, the earth has completely spun. Yeah. At the same time, it's orbiting. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
So the Lord told me that. He said, if you'll follow me, every single area of your life will be exposed to me. Ooh. He said, I'll make sure that it does. Nice. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Because while while you're thinking of one area, you're thinking, well, what about that area? What about, you know, am I growing in that area? Just trust him. He orders our growth. He's yeah. the gardener. He's the shepherd. Takes all the pressure off. Takes pressure off. Takes all the pressure off. Really Man, does. that's good. Yeah. You just got to change with the season. Change with the season. By following him. Just like you change. You don't wear shorts in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> Not in Ohio. Not in Ohio. (laughs) Wow. I love that. I love this conversation was so rich. We're almost out of time, but I have one more question just um, to encourage the girls that are listening and the men who might join along and listen later. But um, you have such a global perspective because you live in another country and um, you have contacts all around this world. Tell us what God is doing across the globe. Give us some good news of what he did that you saw through COVID or miracles that you've seen or moves of God that you're hearing of. What is God doing across this globe that we don't see in America because everyone's so focused on just what's right in front of us? Well, during this COVID time, um, oh, God, help us not to be distracted by just what the devil is doing yes. and and just pull up a chair and watch him perform. Oh, especially when our God is performing right now. But I I tell you what he's gotten my attention to and he could be doing other things and multiple things with other people, but for what he has gotten my attention in is I've become extremely aware of the body Christ yeah in the earth and the body of Christ is also in heaven too so I'm, I'm I've gotten more aware of that um but that we are not just bodies we have their individual churches and groups but we are only one body and that that body in becoming more aware of of one another we have the ability to be in the spirit simultaneously on the same subject. Wow. So when you guys are praying here, when those those uh, people that you pray with are praying together and are in unity about it, there's undoubtedly people who are praying exactly the same thing somewhere else in the world. I love that. We actually just said that when we finished prayer yesterday. Wow. We said the amen. We all kind of shared what we were seeing and what we were praying. And um, and one of the ladies said, and you know there's other people around the world praying the same thing right now. Absolutely. And it makes you feel so less alone oh. and so much more connected. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would recommend... Uh, people can Google it, actually. Okay. If you Googled Tommy Hicks. Oh, vision, yes. Uh, you would have read that, I'm sure. Yep. But I'd encourage anybody who's listening to look that up. And Tommy Hicks was a um, an evangelist and in uh, that had tremendous meetings, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Argentina that brought 
a massive harvest of, of souls. But um, he had a vision of the body of Christ. It would um, it'd be a little bit maybe, it would remind you a little bit of Gulliver's travels. Yeah. When he um, was asleep or fell asleep uh-huh. or, and those little teeny, teeny little beings pinned him down to the ground. Yeah. Anyway, I won't go into the whole vision uh, that Tommy Hicks had. It I'll try to put a link on. Okay, yeah. good. Uh, it reminded me of that. But it was the body of Christ throughout the whole world. And um, by the end of the vision, and there was a sequence of things that happened, but by the end of the vision, that body of Christ that had been laying down and were overrun with... Um, actually demonic um, oppressions and frustrations and distractions and hindrances, and, uh, it shook those things off and stood up. Wow. And it rose completely into the heavens. It was that, it was massive. And it was coordinated, and it was powerful in the whole world. Tony, I am convinced that the body of Christ is becoming more coordinated. Yes, and we're we're appreciating one another, and we're not of being we're losing our fear of our diversities, and our disdain for diversity, and um, we're beginning to cherish more uh, what we are one in. Yeah, and um, as we are, and as we're rising up into that consciousness and awareness, uh, the the power of the body of Christ that is released in the earth will be like nothing we have ever seen in past revivals. Wow. Because we're getting close to the end of time. Yeah. And the body of Christ, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that he said he's building is being built and, and coming to completion. And, um, Ooh, there's such glorious days. Yeah. I, I read something, just a little snippet in a, um, so my friend sent me a picture of something she was reading in a book and it was a prayer. This gentleman was prayer praying for the church that we would no longer be defeated by a defeated foe. Yeah. We don't have to be defeated <laughs> by a defeated foe. And that, like when that, that light comes on and that revelation comes on. Absolutely. I like gonna that. It's just going to be like, yes, this is how it should have been all along Mm -hmm. because we have that authority and and in matthew is it 16 where jesus said i will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it and the church just stops there yay the gates of hell will not prevail against it but jesus's discourse didn't stop there because he he immediately said because i'm giving you the keys to the kingdom exactly he tied the gates of hell not prevailing to the church using her keys of authority Tony, that is so true. In the kingdom. Exactly. And if the gates of hell are prevailing, then we need to stand up and use our keys. Exactly. And I think that's what this all is going to culminate in, that prayer movement in the church. Absolutely. Where it's not just 12 people gathered on a Monday, it's the whole church. Because they're so hungry yes. to not be defeated by a defeated foe anymore. Truly. Yeah. <laughs> so good. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to put a link to that Tommy Hicks vision. I remember I my other friend just mentioned that to me a couple of days ago. She goes, you need to pull that out. Mm. And there's actually a book written about that revival. Um, it's called Thy God Reigneth. Mm. Have you read it? Mm-mm. You can only get it on Kindle on Amazon. The actual book is an imprint, but it is on Kindle. And oh, it's so, to look for that. so good. Like it stirs, wow. stirs the heart. So good. Another good link of something that I just listened to, this is on YouTube, and it is the history of um, Azusa. You sent that to me. Yeah. Oh, that was so good. Wasn't that good? Yeah. And how the move of God swallowed up diversity and made people one. I just watched one. It was a short little video on YouTube from a guy from like the 70s, J.C. Orr. Uh-huh. Have you heard of him? Uh-uh. And it's on prayer preceding an awakening. Ooh. But he talks about the state of the nation mm. before each of the great awakenings. And it just mimics what we're going through oh, right now. Wow. But be- in when the nation was in that state, it was all preceded those awakenings by the church rising up. Wow. And just coming together in prayer. And uh, one of them was, I can't remember the guy's name. In New York City, in Manhattan, he started just him, and then there were six of them, then there were 20 of them, then there were thousands and thousands of them meeting all across New York City. I remember hearing that. It was like a noonday prayer or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Siri's talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) She wants to get in on it. We should have left our phones outside. (laughs) But yeah, so good. Yeah, maybe we'll link both. But that link you sent me about the Azusa revival was so interesting. Yeah, very much so. So good. This is where we are. He's getting ready to do something. Uh But he needs the church to participate in prayer. So, well, thank you for being a part of this and uh, for making the trip down and me getting to see your beautiful face. I asked her before the podcast, I need to know what kind of makeup you use because your skin is flawless. So, um, but uh, we have a couple questions we just ask at the end. How can our friends connect with you? Are you on Facebook? Do you have a website? Yes, we have Caminetti, Caminetti Ministries.net, which will soon be .org. So uh, if you're not finding it on a net, it will be .org, but they can try both ways. Okay. And then um, we have a YouTube channel, and we also have, um, uh, you can find Patsy Caminetti on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then we also have our church on, uh, we have a channel uh, that has our podcasts. Also yes, I subscribe to it. Is okay. it Rama Family Church? Rama Family Church. Australia. Yeah. Yep, you can find that. And listen to all of them. Like Patsy is amazing, of course. Her husband, Tony, is just such revelation. But all of the different ones from Australia and from the school that I'm not familiar with, they're just so I know. awesome. The revelation really that are. comes out of that place is amazing. Really so is. one more question. Okay. We're called Better Together. And so who makes your life better because they're in it? Give them a shout out. You. Oh, you're so sweet. (laughs) (laughs) I say the same about you. I would say that. Oh, Tony, we've been friends for so long. So long. And every time we talk, we go, eternity is going to be wonderful because we'll have all the time in the world to catch up because we always seem to be running 
from place to place. But this was such a joy to get to talk with you. And listen, we're called Better Together, so make a point this week to connect with someone. Call a girlfriend and catch up. Grab a cup of coffee now that things are opening up. If you're afraid to be out in public, you know, you can sit outside and, and just sit six feet away from each other and just see each other's faces. It just does the heart good. And we want to encourage you to connect at church. If you don't have a church, find a healthy Bible-believing church in your area and check it out. If you're in the Warren Boardman, Vienna, Liberty, Newcastle, New Wilmington, Columbiana, or Coitsville areas, wow, that's a mouthful, we invite <laughs> you to come hang out with us at one of our eight campuses here at Victory. You can check us out on our website, vcconechurch.com. If you're in Australia, you can find yourself at Rama Family Church that's right. in Brisbane. That's right. Do you just have one campus? We do right now. Okay. So um, thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next week. And don't forget, we are better together.